Good morning, church. My name is Jeff Kersey, the senior pastor at Mount Horeb United Methodist Church. These certainly are crazy times we find ourselves in. We're still adjusting to having church online. I want to thank you for being a part of our worship experience today. Maybe you feel a little bit like the, the gentleman who was standing at the top of the mountain looking over the beautiful scenery when suddenly his foot slipped. He began to fall, probably to his death, and down the descent, he grabbed hold of a branch. And as he hung there, he began to cry out, help me, help me, is anybody there? Help me. Nobody responded, and suddenly there was a loud calm voice that said, you're okay. Your heavenly father has you. And if you would just let go of that branch and begin to fall, I'm going to send 40,000 angels headed up by my archangel, Gabriel. And they're going to flap their wings and create a vacuum. And that vacuum is going to lift you back up to the top of the mountain. There was a pause and the man waited and then he shouted out, thank you, but is there anybody else there? Maybe you feel that way right now in this season of coronavirus. Where is God at? Where does my help come from? We're in the middle of a sermon series called The Next 40 Days. Looking at the life of Jesus following the resurrection, the 40 days in preparation for his ascension. And during that time, Jesus spent time with his followers and many others explaining the things of God. The first week, Trevor talked about Jesus meeting Mary Magdalene in the garden and revealing himself to her as resurrected, calming her fears, giving her a sense of peace, telling her to trust him and to hold on. Last week, Grace Marie did a, a magnificent job preaching about the two travelers on the Emmaus Road. In the middle of their despair, Jesus begins to walk with them and he reveals himself to them as the resurrected Lord Jesus and how their hearts were filled with joy. It is my prayer that today your hearts will be filled with joy because of the reality of the resurrection. That's what Jesus was trying to teach the disciples and his followers during these 40 days, that God had not failed, that there would be triumph out of tragedy. He was also preparing the disciples for their purpose, that out of their pain would come purpose. And I believe during these 40 days, and during this coronavirus crisis that God is preparing his church for a great purpose. The scripture records that on that first Easter, Jesus made five appearances. Again, the first was to Mary Magdalene in the garden, then to the other women who went and proclaimed the good news about Jesus' resurrection, the two travelers on the Emmaus Road, he appeared to Peter and, and gave him the great news of his resurrection. And then on that Easter evening, Jesus appeared to 10 disciples, 10 disciples. I want to read you the text. It's from John chapter 20, beginning in verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. 
Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Thomas wasn't with them. To hear this wonderful teaching of Jesus, Jesus telling the disciples that to be at peace and that he had a purpose for their lives and that they should forgive as he had forgiven them. Thomas wasn't there. How many times have we missed what God had in store for us? Some truth that God wanted to reveal to us, but we weren't there. Maybe it was a devotional that we skipped. Maybe it was a prayer time that we didn't make. Maybe it was a worship service that we missed. Maybe it was a serving opportunity that we ignored. And God had something to tell us. God has something to show us. But we weren't there. Thomas was missing. Now, Thomas was one of the 12 disciples. He was also known as Thomas Didymus, which means twin. And I have a special attraction of love for twins because my wife is a twin. I have an appreciation for twins. And, and twins uh, can be headstrong. They, they need some proof. And Thomas needed some proof. He, he was practical. He was persistent, but he was also pessimistic. Thomas wanted proof that Jesus indeed had resurrected. We can find some different accounts of Thomas in the scriptures. The first time we see Thomas uh, is in John chapter 11 in the story of Lazarus. And, and Jesus was being requested to go to Bethany because Lazarus was sick. But to go back to Bethany would be very dangerous and Jesus' life could be at stake. And Thomas warned him, he says, you know, Jesus, you could go there and be killed, but I'm willing to go with you. I'm willing to walk with you. I'm even willing to die with you. Thomas was persistent, but also a bit pessimistic. In John 14, Jesus was given a great teaching, preparing the disciples about what was to happen in his crucifixion, that he had to go to the Father. And when he went to the Father, he would prepare a, prepare a place for them. And Thomas asked the question, but Jesus, how can we know the way? And from that question, Jesus gave one of the greatest answers in all of the scriptures. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. So the question is, why was Thomas missing? Why did he miss that meeting with Jesus with the other 10 disciples? Maybe he was afraid. You know, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they feared being arrested by the authorities. Thomas was perhaps quarantined in his house alone because of his fear. Maybe Thomas was grieving 
And in his grief, he just wanted to be alone. He wanted to, to process what had happened, the death of Jesus. Maybe Thomas was on an island of doubt. He doubted that any of this had happened. You know, when we're full of doubt, an island is the last place we need to be. All by ourselves. To say, I'm going to stay away from church. I'm going to stay away from God until I get it all figured out. See, isolation is exactly where the evil one wants us to be because in isolation, he can pick us off. My friends, when we have doubt, we need to be around other believers. These other disciples were together and Jesus came to them. There was a story that happened in my ministry a few years ago where I went to the hospital to visit an older gentleman who was having a very serious heart surgery. And I asked John if I could pray with him. And John told me, no, I don't want you to pray. I said, really? He says, God needs to apologize to me. And when God apologized to me, apologizes to me, then, then I'll start praying again. And I asked John, what, what does God need to apologize to you for? And John said, he made my granddaughter special needs. And I'm angry at him for that. And I said to John, as he was preparing to go back for surgery, I said, John, that's probably not going to happen. God's not going to apologize to you because God did not make your daughter special needs. Maybe some DNA, some chromosomes were not correct in her body. And we live in a broken world where bad things happen. But God is with your granddaughter in very special ways. And I went ahead and prayed with John. And John got very angry with me that I prayed when he asked me not to pray, but I felt his life was in jeopardy. John didn't speak to me for two years. He didn't come back to church for two years. But one Saturday, he came to special needs basketball at Mount Horeb, and he watched his granddaughter run up and down the court with other special needs children. And that event, that time, softened John's heart. He began to believe again. His doubts were removed. He saw that God had a purpose and God had a plan. And just before he passed, John reached out to me and asked me to do his funeral. And we celebrated that John believed in Jesus Christ. His doubts had been removed. If we read the text further on in John chapter 20, beginning with verse 25, and they told him, Thomas, we have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before Jesus was standing among them, peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Thomas said, I've got to see the nail scars. I've got to see the wound in his side. 
There's a wonderful painting by Carviego called The Painting of Incredulity, where Thomas is looking and touching the wounds of Jesus. You see, Jesus wanted Thomas to believe. He presented himself to Thomas. He knew what Thomas' questions were, and he answered his questions. Now, you have to wonder, again, what caused Thomas to doubt in the first place? Seasons of doubt. And maybe you find yourself in a season of doubt right now. I can speculate that maybe Thomas was distracted from the reality of the situation. Jesus had clearly taught the disciples about the resurrection, about his coming death and the establishment of the kingdom. But the disciples were distracted by their own agendas, their own reality. They only saw the physical while Jesus was teaching them about the supernatural. And in the midst of this crisis, don't miss the big picture of God's kingdom. Don't be distracted by the cares and the problems of the world because our God is at work and our God has a plan. Our God has a purpose. I was reading uh, this past week about how God is using this, the internet to, and social media to reach millions and millions of people with the good news of the gospel. I was reading about Greg Laurie's church out in California where typically on Palm Sunday, they would have about 8,000 people worship. And on this past Palm Sunday, they had over a million people view their services online. And 11,000 people on Palm Sunday made a first time commitment to Jesus Christ through their online service. We've seen our numbers of viewers go up significantly. So my friends, don't be distracted by the problems don't waste this opportunity to see what God is doing. Maybe Thomas was in a season of doubt because of his despair. And certainly despair and sadness, even depression, can, can, can plant seeds of doubt in our minds and in our hearts. And, and I would encourage us to watch out for the despair and watch out for the, 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 the depression that can creep in in the midst of loneliness. We, we need to take advantage of the opportunities to be in fellowship with others. And then maybe it was disappointment. To Thomas, Jesus' mission had failed. The Messiah had died. His dreams were dashed. And Thomas was perhaps disappointed in Jesus. But here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus was not disappointed in Thomas. And this morning, no matter where you are in your thinking, your doubts, your confusion. Jesus is not disappointed in you. If you have doubts about God today, God doesn't have any doubts about you. You know, if you think about it, if we didn't have doubts, we wouldn't need faith. If we knew everything, we wouldn't need faith. I want us to be about defeating doubt during these 40 days of ascension, during these 40 days of prayer. The Barnapol says that most Christians, 65%, have at some point experienced a time of spiritual doubt when they question what they believed about God. So in the midst of, of this doubt, I think we can learn from Thomas in a season of doubt. It, it, it's, first of all, I would encourage us all to dig deeper. 
Dig deeper into scripture. Dig deeper into God's word. I know for me, I've spent more time in God's word over the last six weeks than I have in quite a while. Dig deeper in your time alone with God. Experience God in a fresh and a new way by digging deeper. But next I would tell us that we should discuss openly our doubts. I mean, Thomas is sharing his doubts with the other disciples. Again, the Barnabas says that many make it through doubt with a stronger faith by asking hard questions in a community of faith to guide them through it. The majority of Christians experience doubt and, and we find direction when we can discuss it openly with other believers. The, the study also showed that those who try to go it alone don't fare very well in their doubt. They often fall away from the faith. So again, don't be on that island of isolation in your doubt. Discuss openly your doubts. And then bottom line for all of us is we've got to decide by faith to believe. Following Jesus Christ as a believer means we've got to step out in faith. I love what Jesus said in verse 29. Jesus said, so you believe, Thomas, because you've seen with your own eyes, even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing. Even better blessings are in store for those who believe without seeing. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. My friends, there's a lot of things that we can't see about God, about this crisis, but we step out in faith and we trust God. Don't let unless don't let accept, don't let, don't let win keep you from experiencing the abundant life and the purpose God has for you. If you're struggling with your faith during this coronavirus, trust what you know about God. Trust where you've seen God working in your life in the past. Trust what you know about God from scripture. Trust what you know about God from history. And secondly, Trust God with what you don't know. There's a lot I don't know. And sometimes when people ask me questions, I simply have to say, I don't know, but I trust God. That's what it means to have faith. You know, I've never been to Italy, but I know that Daniel Stevanus has. I've never been to India, but I know Prashanth is there right now, even listening to this message. I've never been to outer space, but I've met people who, know someone who has, even though I've not personally been to these places, seen these places, experienced these places, I accept that they are true. I believe even though I haven't seen. You see, believing without seeing is what faith is all about. When I said yes to Jesus many years ago to be a pastor, I didn't have a crystal ball. I couldn't see what was going to happen but I stepped out in faith, believing that God had a plan and God had a purpose. And my, how he has met that vision with purpose and God has changed my life. And for Thomas, once he believed, he worshiped, he exclaimed, my Lord and my God. And then Thomas was deployed into ministry. He went about the task of 
fulfilling the great commission that Jesus gave. Tradition has it that Thomas did ministry in southern India, and there he established the church in India. And later on, he died by a spear, a wound from a spear, just like his Savior had been speared in the side on the cross. Friends, during this time of testing, know that testing can result in testimony and messes can result in messages. In Alexander Dumas's book, The Count of Monte Cristo, Edmond Dantes was in prison. He had been wrongly accused. He had suffered deeply. He had been treated badly. And in desperation, he cries out, I don't believe in God anymore. His cellmate said these amazing words, but God believes in you. God believes in you. If you're at a place of doubt today, know that God still believes in you. Will you stop running from your doubt? Will you dig deeper? Will you discuss openly? Will you decide by faith to trust in Jesus Christ? Will you become a Thomas and dedicate your life fully to Jesus Christ? Will you, for the first time this morning, commit your life to Jesus Christ, who is resurrected? Let me pray with you right now. Our gracious God, I thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in Scripture. You have revealed yourself to us through Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ was crucified, dead and buried. And on the third day, he resurrected and he spent 40 days revealing himself to his followers. And Father God, thank you for revealing yourself to us. And I pray that you would give us the faith to believe in Jesus Christ. And right now, Father God, if there's someone listening who has never believed, who their life has been filled with doubt, that right now they would take a leap of faith and they would believe in what they've not seen, that they would trust in your word, that the Holy Spirit, your spirit would come upon them and help them to believe. And that your word says, if we confess our sins, that you are faithful to forgive us. If we invite you into our hearts, that you'll come into our hearts right now. And maybe our hearts have been locked. And right now we will open the door and invite Jesus Christ to come into our life. Father, increase our faith in the midst of our doubts. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In our contemporary worship service, the worship team is going to sing a great song about faith. I want to read you a few words from the song they're about to sing. Nobody said this would be easy. Anyone who did never went through anything painful. But faith is not some fragile thing that shatters when we walk through something hard. So we walk on, whatever may come, to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the taking in, the letting go, to tears and laughter, the great unknown, to the open journey, into faith I go. And then in traditional worship, we're about to sing this great song. Tis so sweet 
to trust in Jesus. The good news of this story today is Thomas is no longer doubting. He became full of faith. May you trust in Jesus Christ today and into faith may you go. God bless you.